Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. When David Bowie died, I was 16 years old again, and I was in my, actually I was in my father's boss's house, and I was trying to explain to my father, who was making fun of me, that there was this guy on the front of an album cover who looked like a girl, who the front of him looked like a person, but the back of him, if you know the album, the Uh back of him looked like a dog. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. Again to my immediate right. Hi, babe. How are you? Well, thanks for letting me come back. All right. Well, what's your name? My name is Tammy Burns. Now, you were only gone for a week. Don't get upset. Well, I'm, yeah, I was a little upset. Well, I had to do an interview with that guy. So it, I, it was very good. Did by you the enjoy way. the show? Did I you did. like it? Excellent. I learned a lot about KISS. I had a, a few phone calls and a couple of emails from people who were regular listeners to the show, and they said, I don't even really like KISS, but that was a good thing. And yeah, I felt that, you know, I kind of felt the same way. I liked the guy as much as uh, what he was talking about, so I, I had to listen. Excellent. So hopefully the publisher, you know, because he enjoyed it too, hopefully the publisher will call and send us some more free books, because I'll take as many free books as I can possibly Ooh, get. free. Now, here's the thing about this week. January, and again, most of the time, because this is a weekly show, we are behind the curve just a little bit Mm -hmm. because being a weekly show, we run into the problem of something happens and we've prepared a show already, so we have no choice but to be, you know, behind the times. Right. In January, we lost Glenn Fry on the 18th of January. We lost Blowfly on the uh, 17th of January, also on the 17th. Mick Gillette, who was with the Tower of Power Horns, who we've seen. Yeah. We lost Dale Griffin, who was a drummer for Mata Hoople. On the 16th, we lost Gary Lozio, who was the singer for the American Breed, also a producer for a whole bunch of bands, and we'll get into that later on in the show. Okay. And on January 10th, we lost David Bowie. So where there, I mean, there was this big rash of musical artist deaths, okay? Very sad. And in many people's eyes, and I don't think it's just social media. I don't think it's people just saying, hey, look at me. I love music more than you do. Mm -hmm. It's the concept of when a person who has had an effect on your existence passes away, specifically a music person... This is a psychological hit to your psyche. So I started to do some research into it. And there is a thick pile of research as to why the death of a celebrity, specifically a music celebrity, and that's what I found in my research, has such an effect 
on us. Really? And the reason this hit me so hard is because when Robin Williams died, uh-huh. I mean, I really didn't care much about this or that. I mean, there are people I liked, but when Robin Williams died, it had such an effect on me. And I, I probably won't get into it in the show because it turns into me lying on a couch, you know, <laughs> the color yellow makes me feel so sad, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I looked into the research as to why the death of a famous celebrity has such an effect on us. I need to know. And it's a really interesting run of information. Because my entire January has been shot. It really has been nasty. It, and It is. Here, we're recording this probably a week before it runs, so it's entirely possible the names that I've given you, there will be yet another one yeah. before this show runs. So let's play some David Bowie, because ain't one damn song that'll make you break down and cry. You may not have heard it, but I have. Here's Bowie Changes on Rock School. Coming out of changes, Bowie. Yeah, 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 I know. Tammy pointed this out. I know the lyric, ain't one damn song that can make me break down and cry, is not from changes. It's from Young Americans. I was using it as an intro to the song. The reason I play changes is because the song contains my favorite lyric from David Bowie. Oh, yeah, which and, is? And these children that you spit on as they try and change their world are immune to your consultations. They're quite aware of what they're going through. Didn't you feel that way growing up? Oh, yeah. Did you have older people telling you, you don't understand? Everybody does. Look, I'm quite aware of what's happening here, and I get it that you have lived your life, but, you know, and and I'd never tell this to my children. I would never tell this to them, And, and Bowie understood this. I would never tell them that when you disobey me, when you do the things that you're not supposed to do, those are going to be the greatest memories of your existence. Oh. Is that not true? Well, it's the ones that uh, that stick in your head, that's they, for sure. They really are. When I when I did exactly what my mom and dad told me not to do, uh-huh. don't drive there, don't go there. Don't, don't go to the mall. Don't smoke that. Don't do those things. <gasps> now, now. Oh, I was told a hundred times, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. I smoked like a chimney. Oh. I only, you know this, I only quit smoking because you're a respiratory therapist and I quit because I married you and you told me you wouldn't marry me. You do the things you're not, we know exactly what we're doing. We're not stupid. I I guess, but as a parent, I kind of feel stupid now. How do I stop them from doing all those nasty things? Drives you up a tree. Okay, so why do we lose our minds over, or many people do? You know, I put this up on Facebook and a lot of people said, I don't care that they died. You know, fine. The vast majority of the people, though, did say, I am I am hurt. Look, not Part only am I hurt, yes. but once I, I mean, January has been such a hard month that once you kind of go, okay, I can breathe again, then someone else dies. And right. it's like, oh my gosh, I remember being there. In 1975, hearing that song. Exactly. That's the reason I'm doing this show, because there has been such a rash of famous person deaths. 
the concept of feeling an emotional attraction to somebody who is in the media is called parasocial interaction parasocial interaction and it is a one-sided relationship with somebody from the media huh yeah parasocial interaction and it got its name in the 1950s when television came out people began to have interaction at least in their own head between themselves and people who were in soap operas Really? Yeah, things like that. That's where the research came from. It comes from the communication field where I'm from. Uh-huh. And it came from people doing just that. And it's nothing new. <laughs> it just has a name, much like diseases. I mean, the disease, disease existed. It didn't, you know, it has a oh, name. Hey, now I exist. It, much like diseases, it, it's always been around. When Rudolph Valentino died in 1926, women lost their mind. People rioted. There was what's known as the black ladies. They dressed in all black And when his name was stated, just at the speaking of his name, they dropped to the floor. Oh, I love it. Paolo Negra, who was his girlfriend at the time, would, for the cameras, you know, like the ant Uh at the the funeral, would go down. Oh, everybody's got one of those ants, right? Sure. She's going down. And I guarantee if if you looked on, you would find other famous people before this thing had a name. But that's what it's called, parasocial interaction. Wow. Is, you is bet. it is it kind of making it about yourself, though? Probably. Probably. But on the same aspect, when I was all by myself, I said Robin Williams had such an effect on me. And I'll, I can tell you off mic why it is. I won't tell on Mike. But uh, it really was personal to me. And I don't know Robin Williams. He doesn't owe me anything. I don't owe him anything. I mean, if I got anywhere near him, a bodyguard would have tackled me. Right. But still... It hit me emotionally uh-huh. why it happened. Let's play another one. We saw these guys in concert, the Tower of Power Horns. Yes, we did. Mick Gillette. Mm-hmm. He died on the 17th of January. So very hard to go. Here you are right here on Rock School. Hey. Coming out of the Tower of Power Horns, you know, you have gone to a lot of funerals in yes, your life. Yes, I have. You really have. Not to, not to sort of bring up bad memories, but you really have. They weren't. Yeah, I, I, I have been living in a real death-free bubble mm-hmm. in my life. My parents are still alive. My grandparents died when I was very, very young, so I, I really don't remember much about it. And according to you, and you're in the medical field, my grandparents or my parents are so well, you know, health, healthful, if you will. They're going to last for a much oh, longer. Yeah. So I'm living in this death free bubble. Another person who discusses this whole concept of why we go sort of bonkers over a celebrity passing away is because in this country, in America, Death is so pushed to the side. Mm. We don't we don't step up and say, okay, death is part of life. We celebrate it, that kind of thing. You don't go to a funeral as, you know, as something you do. Right, yeah, right. You avoid it. You kind of have it do one time, go to a nice meal afterwards, and then it's over. 
I went to everyone's funeral. Yeah, you did. And you went to a lot. I did. I, and because I was raised by my grandparents, mm-hmm. when uh, I was old enough to drive, I was the driver of three older women who went to everyone's funeral. So, what, what was it about everybody dying around you? They just they they had lived in the same area for seventy something years. They knew everyone, and hmm. they went to pay respects. Well, and I went to have a good time. Well, according to Patrick uh, Wayne, did you hear that? I I did. They went to have a good time. No, I get I, it. I went to have a good time. Well, you knew everybody there. Well, That's I, the thing. I went to because I thought it was a place to you know like see and pick up guys. So you were picking up guys at a funeral. You know what? You you gotta you gotta find the men where you can. Okay. You're a weird chick. I like you. Listen, death is a part of life. I have always dug you. Circle of life, Simba. All right, Patrick Wayne is human behavior expert and therapist. Says the reason we go all nutso over celebrity deaths is he says it's a way to practice really it is a method because death is so hidden in this society we use it to sort of practice how death and how guilt and how to play it out in how your head. to play it out in your head so when it actually happens you know how to do it it's it's planted in your head as what to do what to say to people right and so when it actually happens to you it won't be so blind siding you get to do it I, whether that's true or not, uh, you I know don't know. What? I buy it 100%. Do you? Yes. Okay. Seems a little odd to me, but then again, I'm living in this death-free bubble. Yeah, yeah. I, I buy it. Glenn Fry. Goodbye, Glenn. I am so sorry. I really am. Darn it. Really. Life in the Fast Lanes. Eagles on Rock School. All right, coming into the first break, of all the celebrities, of all the celebrity deaths, Mm -hmm. and obviously there are cooking celebrities, there are the Kim Kardashian-type celebrities, there are movie celebrities, there are all of these. The celebrities, according to those that I've... And I found this over a lot of people. I could give you two or three names, but just know I found this over a lot of therapists, a lot of psychologists, an ist in the name, something like that. I found this over a lot of people. The celebrity that elicits the most grief, the celebrity that elicits the most pain in people's lives is the musician. Right. It seems it seems to make sense to me. And the reason is, so they say, because the musician, again, even though they owe us nothing, mm-hmm. you owe them nothing. They don't know you. You don't know them. Right. Their creation was a part of your existence. Yeah. So when they pass away, you don't think of them per se. You think of the time you were 16 and that girl told you yes, or that girl told you no, Mm -hmm. or that guy was so unbelievably handsome and he was the captain of the football team and what have you. It takes you to a time in your life. Yeah, what's implanted on your brain from that time. Exactly. So they are, whether you believe it or not, they are a part of your life. You don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd know them if they rolled up on the street. But, you know, what's, what's the old statement? Don't ever meet your idols. 
You will be amazingly depressed after it's over. But that's the concept. They are a part of your existence. The music is who you are. It sets you into groups. It sets you into patterns in your life. Look, when Elvis died, when Elvis Presley died, I went to my cousin's house and she was probably, you know, 20 years older than me. Yeah. She was devastated. And I had never, I had seen people die and experience death, but I had never seen someone so uh, upset and grieving over someone that she didn't know. Yeah, you weren't part of her group. You were too young for Elvis. Yes, I was. But it, it amazed me that she was upset because I knew that Elvis had died, but he had not impacted my life right. like he had hers. When David Bowie died, I was 16 years old again, and I was in my—actually, I was in my father's boss's house, and I was trying to explain to my father, who was making fun of me, that there was this guy on the front of an album cover who looked like a girl, who the front of him— Looked like a person, but the back of him, if you know the album, the Uh back of him looked like a dog. Right. And my father was making so much fun of me, and he was insinuating some, you know, know, cutesy stuff. Oh, really? This is the guy you like? Wink, wink. Uh Hey, little boy. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And I I was getting angrier and angrier at him, and all it did was further set me in... I didn't turn around and go, you're right, Father, I shall now listen to show tunes with you. Oh, no. No way. It turned me further to what I believed was strong. Mm -hmm. I I hate to admit it, but sins against a father, it made me stronger. Yeah. It really did. Thanks for listening to the radio show, WYAP Clay, West Virginia. And KRFY in Sandpoint, Idaho. You bet. Get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show, or we'll cry. Thank you very much. (laughs) Back in a minute on Rock School. Oh, I disagree with you completely. Why? Completely. Why? During the break, my wife, my loving wife said, that's why I dive into our kids' music so we can all listen to the same music. Oh, I disagree with you. No, so they won't rebel. I I don't want them to rebel there. Why? Uh -uh. Why? No, you must give, this is my opinion and only my opinion, you must give your children something to rebel against you. It's just my opinion. You can't be the cool father. So don't like the music? Yeah, you got to give them something to rebel against. If you continue, this is my opinion, you, you you if you continue to be the cool father or the cool mom and they have to go harder and harder and harder to rebel against you. Right. God knows where they have to go, but they have to separate themselves from you. They must rebel. Okay. So you know what? I tell Isla, oh, God, this music is terrible. Taylor Swift, oh, God, come on. My son who listens to a little bit of rap right now, oh, God, oh, come on. That kind of stuff. So I make rebellion real easy so they don't have to go so to the So they're going to be stuff. the 50-year-old person going, my dad hated that music. Yep, yep. When in reality, yep. you didn't hate I didn't, it. I don't dislike Taylor Swift. I don't hate her. She's fine. She's, fine. She's not great. You shake know, it off, baby. I like her. She's fine. There's nothing wrong with Shake It Off. It's a good pop song. It is. That's right. And some of the rap stuff that he does, 
It's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But you know what? Mm-mm. They need to rebel. They need to find their own person, oh and I'm giving gosh. it to them. Oh my gosh, you should. We should get on the same parental uh, guidance. No, no, I'm just road, a better. You know, I'm just a better parent than you. Oh my goodness! It's the American breed. Bend me, shape me. Yeah, we lost somebody over the break. Gary Lozio. Sorry about that. Who's the American singer of the American breed? Died of pancreatic cancer. What a lousy jam. Lousy jam. Let's get to February. Let's go there. Yeah, you bet. He going rock. You are all the woman I need. Okay, bottom of the hour out of the American breed here on Rock School. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds. How long has it been since we've done this? It's got to be like a month. Oh, forever. Easily. Easily. So let's get into January. These are the rock and roll dates. January 25th through January 31st. I am Joe Burns. Say your name. I'm Tammy Burns. And I believe you have Monday. Go for it. January 25th, 1989. Madonna started divorce proceedings for the second time from Sean Penn at Los Angeles County Court. There you go. January 26, 1963, the Rooftop Singers started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with Walk Right In, Sit Right Down. The song featured two 12-string guitars, a real novelty at the time. January 27, 1961, Frank Sinatra played a benefit show at Carnegie Hall in New York City for Martin... Wait... Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. I yeah. couldn't even say that. There you go. Yeah. See, it was on two lines. That oh, was the there. problem. There. Uh-huh. January 28th, 1988, 11 years after it was released, the Sex Pistols album, Never Mind the Bullocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, finally went gold in the United States. January 29th, 1977, Gwen Dickey, former backing band for The Temptations, went to number one on the U.S. singles chart as Rose Royce with Car wash. Yeah, working at the car wash. January 30th, 1956, Elvis Presley started recording what would be his first album, RCA's New York Studios. And then January 31st, 1976, ABBA, of all groups, knocked Queen from the UK number one position on the singles chart with Mamma Mia. Now, here's the fun part. Uh-huh. Queen's single, Bohemian Rhapsody, had enjoyed a nine-week run at the top of the chart. And, by coincidence, the song was Mamma Mia that knocked them off the chart, yes, right? Yes, yes. Inside of Bohemian Rhapsody, it right? says, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, let me go. No. Is that kismet? Is that kismet? I just got chills that ran up and down my spine. Me too. Right up the back of the thigh. That's it. And that wraps up 7 Days and 70 Seconds. Here's David Bowie. Countdown. Engines on. Take your protein pill. Put your helmet on. There you are. Here you are on Rock School. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put... You did... 
didn't introduce Major Tom. What do you mean, the song? Yes. You're right, I didn't introduce Major Tom. It's because it's called Space Oddity. Oops. The song is not called Major Tom. It isn't. Isn't that fun? You know what would be a good rock school show? No. People who believe the name of a song is this, but in reality, the name of the song is this. The... The song is called Major Tom. No, it's Space Oddity. Oh, I'm an idiot. No, no, you're not. A yes, lot of I people. Am. I'll make you a bet. A ton of people believe the name of that song is Major Tom or Ground Control to Major Ooh, Tom. That's even better. I'll make you a bet. A lot of people think that's the name of the song when in reality it's Space Oddity. Wow. I'll make you a bet. A lot of people believe that. That's funny. That would be a good rock Don't write school that show. No, nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, Richard Harris, not that Richard Harris, but the Richard Harris, who is a Kansas State University professor of psychology, studied this phenomenon known as parasocial interaction. And he said there's a very gosh darn good reason why people have this connection to people in the media. And it is that we spend more face-to-face time with people in the media than we do with our actual friends. Yeah. What he did was set up a, I guess, experiment, if you want to call it that. It's kind of odd to call something like this an experiment. See, I see experiments as things with people in white coats that help solve cancer. But, and rats. Right. If you want to call this an experiment, okay, fine. But what he did was he followed some kids around and figured out how much time they spent with actual friends face-to-face. Now, in this world of telephones and, uh, I don't know, are there even beepers anymore? But these electronic things. What he did is he did that, and then he looked at a television show, and the television show was Friends, which shows his age. Mm -hmm. But what he did is he looked at this, and he said, if you watched Friends every week, on the dot, which we did. We did. Right. Every Thursday, I think it was the 8 o'clock. I think it was the kickoff of that Thursday night lineup. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if you watched Friends every week and you stayed there with Chandler and Monica and the remainder of them. You're pathetic. You, that I knew their name. If you stayed with them, you spent more FaceTime with the people on Friends than you did with your actual friends today. Think about it. How much time did we spend with the people on Sons of Anarchy when we went through a binge watch with them? Oh my God, I love them so much. Right, as opposed to our friends down the block, Mike, who lives right down the block. I don't love Mike that much. How much FaceTime do we spend with Mike? I know, I don't love him as much as uh, Sons of Anarchy. Exactly that. Well, you know what? This this holds true to my theory of, of... of who's going to get uh, who will be our president? What Donald Trump? Yeah, because people have seen him on TV all of these years, and they have this connection with him that they've never had with anybody who's running for president right now. That's a phenomenal theory because he was a a person of the media rather than being a person of... Not just the media. He had a TV show for years. That's what I mean. Okay. Rather than a person of C-SPAN and only showing up once in a while They consider him a real person. Yeah, they're a person... Oh, 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 I got to put this in one of my lectures. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. You're welcome. You're welcome. yeah. The drummer for Mott the Hoople passed away on January 17th from Alzheimer's 
disease. Was he only, wasn't he with another band also? Oh, sure. He drummed for David Bowie. Yeah. But where most people would know him is from Mott the Hoop. Mm-hmm. His name was Dale Griffin. And Dale Griffin was one heck of a drummer. All the young dudes carry the news, man. Sounds like this on Rock School. Coming into the second break, the guy I mentioned, whose name was Richard Harris, uh-huh. again, not that Richard Harris, not the Shakespearean actor. This guy is the psychological supra- uh, professor from Kansas State. Right. Yeah, go Jayhawks. Um, <laughs> he states, here's the thing that runs people into trouble when they have this parasocial connection with people in the media. Okay. There's no social support. If your grandmother dies... And you say to your coworkers, or you say to whomever, oh, my grandmother died, what reaction do you get? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm very sorry that happened right. to you. Please accept my condolences. I hope you feel better soon. Right, that kind of thing. Right. If you are crushed by the death of Glenn Fry, by the death of David Bowie, what might you get? Oh, I like David Bowie, too. I liked him, too. Yeah. Or yeah. if you I saw are... the Eagles ten times in concert. Exactly. Yeah. That's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Or if you were crushed by the death of Michael Jackson, what might you get? Really? You're an idiot. Stop yeah. it. Right. You don't get the same societal support. Mm-hmm. And he said in many times... The reaction you get from other people does not help you through. And to a lot of people who are not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make up this word. This didn't come from him. If you're not, you know, psychologically solid, it can do a lot of damage to you. You have to sort of go through this on your own. And in a lot of people's eyes, you you have a hard time getting through it. Now, social media is helping because once again, this concept breaks you back into groups. When you got on social media and said, Glenn Fry is dead, those that believed the same way you did, whoop, all came together and it became a Glenn Fry festival. Right. It became a David Bowie festival. Those that didn't care just went away. What about those of us who don't do uh, social media? I, that, I, this is what he's talking about. You have no one to talk to but me. Right. You know, and if I don't care for whom you care, you better I have give to, me a hug. Yeah, I have to put on, on I have to put on a fake face. I'm drinking wine right now. You better give me a hug. <laughs> Cuz that's going the wrong way. WXZY Kane, Pennsylvania. You run the radio show and because of it, you're good people. KPVL in Decorah, Iowa. That's right. Back with what's going to probably be our last break on Rock School here in just a minute. <laughs> Okay, last break here on Rock School. What I did was put this up on Facebook, and I basically said, hey, look, why is this? Why do we have such a connection? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you some of what I considered the better answers. Okay. Amy stated, it puts us in touch with our own mortality. I I think that makes sense. She's on mark, yeah. Because when I was young, David Bowie was young. Now David Bowie is gone. 
how long it's not before? Looking good, huh? Right. You know, no one gets out alive. Right. So. David made the statement, I'll tell you why. It's because once these extremely talented musicians who scored the music for an entire generation are gone, who we are left with is Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber. I get it. It's an old man, get off my lawn statement. To the young people today, that's their Glenn Fry. I know it makes my soul hurt. I get it. But remember what my dad said about David Bowie. Mm-hmm. It's it's their David Bowie, it's their Glenn Fry. I don't like it any more than anybody else does. But it's going to be their people because later in life, let's go forward 30 years, Miley Cyrus will die. Justin Bieber. Will die. And somebody's going to go, oh, I remembered it right. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen again. Uh, Ben made the statement, I hope I pronounced this correctly. Mirakai is a Greek word used to describe the soul, creativity, or love put into something, the essence of one's self laid into work. As an artist, and Ben is an artist, I mean, he works in the art world. He makes his living that way. I understand what it is to put that piece of work into it and share it with strangers. I believe my understanding of this allows me to keep perspective on the actual relationship between these artists and the performer and the audience. So it's a beautiful word. The concept of it's not just a piece of art. It's your soul going out to those who did it. Well, maybe that word needs, you know, people need to know that word and they need to say it often in life because that way when something like this happened, they would have a word to go back to. Yeah, could be. Spell it M-E-R-A-K-I. Mirakai? I assume. I don't know it right off the bat. And finally, Ralph, he made the statement here. One of my friends posted this after Lemmy's passing. Lemmy passed last mm-hmm. year. Right. After Lemmy's passing, and I think it sums it up. Quote, when you went to a Motorhead show, the next day you were a little sore and a little <laughs> deaf, but you walked a little taller and you oh. looked people right in the eye until they looked away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, part of him came to you. Yeah. That's that Greek word for the soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of Lemmy came into you. It was good. So when your next hero passes, don't feel bad. Mourn that person. Yeah, exactly. Put the music on, play it a little bit loud. And as Dr. Seuss said, you know, don't cry because it's over. Be happy because it happened. How nice. The one we're going to end on, David Bowie. I know I'm playing a lot of David Bowie. Sorry, I'm a David Bowie fan. This is called Lazarus. If you've seen the video, you know what I mean. If you haven't, it's David Bowie basically saying goodbye. It's him watching himself die while writing his own obituary. Right. How many people get to do that? That's going to wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I'm Tammy Burns. That's it. Class is dismissed.